Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Eruk the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. You're listening to the Indo Daily. Now, a special episode from our sister podcast, The Bell Tell. Friends of the missing Lancashire woman, Nicola Bully, are marking two weeks since her disappearance with fresh attempts to find out more information about what happened to her. Where is Nicola Bully? 45-year-old Nicola hasn't been seen since the 27th of January. Right now, it is as though she has vanished into thin air. Like, yeah, just insane. She disappeared while walking her dog in the village of St Michael's on Wire in Lancashire. Nicola was seen by a fellow dog walker at 10 to 9, and then again at 10 past 9 in a field. At 9.20, police have now established her phone was left on a riverside bench. She had just dropped off her two daughters, aged six and nine, at school. At the time she went missing, she was on a work phone call. They believe her phone was on this bench at 9.20. At 9.30, the work conference call ended, but Nicola's phone remained dialed in. Police worked off the theory that she'd slipped into a river and been swept away. But Nicola has not been found. The investigation now is very much focusing on the river. If, and it is a big if, uh, Nicola is in the river, why has it taken so long to find her? That's led to frustration with the police investigation and sent social media into a frenzy of speculation, rumour and conspiracy. It's really obvious that we are being inundated with false information, accusations and rumours, which is distracting us from our work That has led the police to inform the public that Nicola was vulnerable. The police say that Nicola Bully had significant issues with alcohol, brought about by her struggles with the menopause. To tell us what we actually know so far about this case, I'm joined by the editor of the Lancashire Post and Blackpool Gazette, Nicola Adam. Nicola, you're very welcome to the Bell Tell. You've had a frantic two weeks of work there in Lancashire with the disappearance of, the tragic disappearance of Nicola Bully. There's been a lot of rumour and uh, and speculation, but what do we actually know? What are the actual facts that we can discern from Nicola's disappearance? Well, we've been... We've been sort of, certainly at the Lancashire Post. Um, you know, we've been we've been following it very closely, and we've made we made a decision very early on to to do just what you've mentioned. Really, is to carry the facts without the speculation. It's very very difficult because some of the speculation is coming from quite senior figures, professionals that 
former detectives, all of those things, you know. So we've 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 always, you know, made an effort throughout this to to double check everything and make sure that something is actually something police are looking into that is, you know, genuine information that they're trying to seek or that kind of thing all the way through, which has been a fine line to walk really because it's, you know, yeah, it's been a it's been a tightrope really all the way along. But what we can say is that 45-year-old Nicola has not been seen since the 27th of January. She yes. disappeared while walking her dog. Yeah. She just dropped off her two daughters at school. Mm. Her dog was found uh, straight away and also her mobile phone. I think a lot of people are focusing on the mobile phone. Yeah, I mean, obviously what was happened was that, you know, the, on the bench was the mobile phone, which was initially still open on the team's call um which she'd been sitting on she hadn't dropped out of that call so that was when the phone was found that was still open um and the dog was willow which spaniel was wandering nearby so it, it, it was a very short period of time before those were found and nicola has apparently vanished so what they have there is and is 10 minutes 10 10 missing minutes they don't know what happened to her in that period of time um, even though they've tracked everything, they've tracked the phone, the activity on the phone, they've tried to track her Fitbit, which is kind of not really, uh, nothing's really come out of that element. But, um, you know, they, they, they've they've been looking at every little tiny bit of information. And it's just that time. That's it. This is why there's been the big focus on CCTV um, and dash cam, trying to get as much as possible. And they have had um, 300 pieces of dash cam footage submitted for example which they are have been wading through to see if there's any sign of Nicola um, and you know I'm not aware that there has been and they've traced any witnesses in the area so they've done everything they can but that 10 minutes is still missing and because of the nature of the location I, you know it's a riverbank it's rural it's not you know there's not a camera directly on it and nobody saw um, you know it still is a mystery exactly what happened on that day. One point we would like to ask around the team's question, did she take part in that phone call or was she just listening? From what I understand, you know, um, I think she'd logged on to the meeting and she was um, had had herself muted with the camera off, I believe. Yeah. But the police did seem to say, they said two things which stand out in my mind. They said there's no evidence of a crime. And that doesn't mean that there that you can be certain of that. That means, of course, that there is no evidence of a crime. Yeah. And the other thing that they said that they were working off an, an hypothesis, if I'm correct, in saying that she may have slipped into the river. Our main working hypothesis, therefore, is that Nicola has sadly fallen into the river, that there is no third party or criminal involvement and that this is not suspicious, but a tragic case of a missing person. Yeah, I think that, that's been their working hypothesis the whole way through. Um, but they have also said repeatedly that they do have kept an open mind and that they are following multiple lines of inquiry as well. So they have said that all the way through, but they've, then they've always come back to this um, hypothesis of the river. And, you know, the, obviously the reasoning for that was probably that they were aware of her vulnerabilities right from the start, but also just geographically and sort of practically what else could have happened. You know, it's not, you know, you're not, it's not like there's a, there's a road right next to where she vanished from or, you know what I mean? It's this, I can sort of see the logic, you can see the logic, you can understand why they've come to that hypothesis. 
river has been scoured multiple times. Without trace. Um, without trace, yeah. So Now, the, the, the police took the, as you say, they worked, they, they, they have known that uh, Nicola had a vulnerability from the start, but it wasn't un- until they held a, an early, a, a morning conference just to reveal that to the public. And then in a, in a highly unusual, I've never heard of anything like this, and only a few hours later, they then come back to tell us that Nicola had an issue with alcohol. Now, that, I, I've, I've never come across such personal details being revealed in a missing persons case. The police say that Nicola Bully had significant issues with alcohol brought about by her struggles with the menopause. And they say that these significant issues meant that two weeks before she disappeared, the police had been called round to the family home along with other health professionals. No, it's it's incredibly uncomfortable. And, you know, we're asking them the same questions. Why was that decision made? I mean, sort of to go back a little, you can, I mean, the, the clue was there right at the start of the investigation uh, in terms of when Nicola was reported missing. You know, within an hour, police were scouring the river and the banks. Um, and, uh, you know, that day, very quickly, a missing from home press notice was put out probably faster than normally happens with a missing person, unless, you know, it, so they, they obviously, you know, the clue was there that this person was vulnerable from the get-go, really. Um, but they obviously decided not to release that information. Uh, it appears that the pressure has gone on them, so it has been so high on them, and they've got, had so much speculation, they just wanted to try and get in front of that with the statement about her being vulnerable. Now, the information... The further information that was mentioned last night, which is, you know, that they're saying she had an alcohol problem, you know, it was, it was, you know, caused by menopause, that has come out sort of past the past the press conference. So, I'm, I mean, I don't know what's happened there, why they've made that decision, whether they just like the speculation just got worse and they decided to come out with it, or, I mean, probably the like the highest likelihood it is that uh, you know a, a news outlet of some description has has found that out and they've tried to get in front of that information it is what's probably happened but it may also be the family have said look everyone's speculating about our vulnerabilities we want to clarify it we don't know at the moment what what how that thought process has occurred and why they've made that decision I'm sure there's lots of complicated kind of bits of information behind that um, but obviously at the moment we don't know so uh, but I, I, nonetheless I, I, <laughs> It is, it, it, it is It is. both unusual and shocking and something we don't see in the media um, very often. But as you say, like for those of us who work in the media often, you know, it takes a certain amount of time for the police to, you know, for someone to be declared as a missing person. And the, yeah. we can tell sometimes how urgently the police are looking for that person. This is obviously a terrible, a nightmare situation for Nicola's family, for her partner and for her two children. What What is Nicola's partner saying? Well, he, I mean, he hasn't said anything this week, really. He's been, he was speaking, you know, at the end of last week and he's just, you know, I mean, it's unimaginable, isn't it, really? You know, he, he's been incredibly open, I think far more open and, you know, discussing than most people would be in this situation. Um, but I think, I think, you know, those interviews were made in the hope just to keep this on the news agenda and get Nicola found. But he's been really open about it. He was open about the fact that he, you know, he had to go through the process right at the start of being a suspect, as would anybody in a situation like this. Um, And he's been open about 
um, his opinions, i.e., he he says in his you know his gut, he doesn't think that Nicola went in the river at all. But obviously, that is you know just his thoughts, you know. And I think anybody in this situation would be hoping for the best, you know. And I think the whole community in St Michael's, everybody that knows Nicola, you know, the whole many people across the world are all crossing their fingers that there's just something that's been missed and that you know maybe she's just holed up somewhere you know it, which you know all of these things are possible but obviously it looks increasingly unlikely as time goes on and as you said there's been interest from across the world uh, in this case here we are ringing you from belfast about this i know you've been bombarded uh, by media requests on this there's huge media coverage there's huge media interest and there's huge public interest in this case for a number of reasons I mean, when someone just disappears um, and we haven't been able to find Nicola or her remains, it has also attracted huge interest on social media. And, uh, you know, I had a look on Twitter yesterday. I regret looking on Twitter yesterday. And I found some of the commentary utterly, utterly deranged. Uh, (laughs) Some of it is just off out of this world. Uh, we also have, I understand, the amateur sleuth uh, turning up uh, and the conspiracy theorist. The police say this has distracted them. How bad is it on the ground there? Um, I feel like it has sort of actually physically in the ground in St Michael's quietened down a little now. I was actually there myself yesterday and, you know, it was pretty quiet. But that might may have just been because the press, they very, the police you know, very astutely didn't hold the press conference in St Michael's. They held it at the police headquarters and it sort of pulled a lot of the press away and a lot of the focus. Um, but, yeah, it, it has been bad, you know. And, we, you know, I've been down there. I, you know, I I include ourselves in this, though obviously we are here all the time. But, um, you know, I've seen myself people, you know, doing TikToks and what have you by the riverbank there. Um, and, and obviously the police had to put dispersal orders in place um, at one point because people were going into people's private property, into to empty property, the, the the grounds and what have you, and sort of a te- sleuthing on camera and all this sort of thing, uh, and just causing a nuisance in front of residents' homes and that sort of thing. So they had to take action on that. Um, Did you get the impression it, that, there was, that, that this was a genuine concern or that it was people being opportunistic to promote themselves or their brand or is this genuine belief that there's something awry here and that someone from the internet must go with their TikTok and phone and that they can somehow solve this? I mean, it seems yeah. it seems very irrational, but yet in this day and age, somehow a lot of people will be saying, you know, I want to, you know, it, it's up to the internet people. I think like a case like this will always attract kind of a certain type of interest but in the tiktok age it's i think this is the first time we've had this situation sort of in you know certainly in lancashire during this sort of you know since tiktok's come up come up and you know of people actually wanting to like use this as content i mean you know we're 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 the media you know news is content for us too but the way in which it's approached by social media, you know, it's like the laws and, or you know, everything else are just ignored, and it's it's a bit, it's a bit much. And you know, the residents I feel have really held their heads high in St Michael's most of the time, and they've been fantastic themselves. They've been so organised in the search for Nicola. They've really got themselves together, and they, you know, they everybody knows each other. There's only a population of just under 700 in St Michael's. It's really not very big. Uh, most people know each other or know of each other, and 
you know, they, you know, they were tolerant of it at first. And there was, a, you know, you can imagine just in the media alone, the amount plus the police, obviously, you know, the, the police presence. Then on top of that, you've got all these kind of extra people out just walking their dogs, you know, just nosying, really. Then you've got like the sort of TikTok crowd and the YouTubers and the podcasters and everything else constantly there. So so it did get very intensive. But I think it was when it sort of spread away from the riverbank and towards people's homes and that sort of thing that's, that it became a massive issue. I mean, yesterday when I was down there, I, I didn't, it was very quiet very quiet there was only one community police officer patrolling um there was no police presence apart from that um i saw one person who did seem to be doing a social video um and also we were there doing a um, sort of facts without speculation documentary but apart from that there was there was no there was just dog walkers and local residents and to be clear this has gone beyond the normal rumor mill that you would face on facebook with almost any situation now mm-hmm. and it has gone into conspiracy theory and frankly false accusations so and malicious yes. there there are also uh, allegations of malicious messaging uh, uh, as well mm-hmm. so that's that's all quite serious for local people yeah absolutely i think we've had yeah cuz you you've Obviously, the one thing about you can say about journalists is that we are all trained in the laws of defamation and libel, and that doesn't seem to. It's not something that is that people on social media are largely held to account for in the way we are. Um, so there has been a lot of accusations made, and you know that sort of thing. And police have had to step in on a number of occasions uh, and threaten people with prosecution if they continue. And then there's the malicious side of it. Like you say, I mean, Wire Council, which is the local borough council, they've had to take all their contact information off their website. Um, because, you know, they've just had so many unpleasant messages. I mean, you know, this is probably, you're the first person I've mentioned this to, but actually I had to report, I woke up this morning, my inbox was full of some fairly foul messages about Nicola a partner um i've had to pass those to police today because i mean you know i'm a journalist i'm used to my inbox being full you know pretty resilient but this stuff was really unpleasant you know so i've passed that on but i think yes there just seems to be a free-for-all in terms of what people think they can say to human beings and it's possible to be very anonymous in the internet age isn't it sometimes so that makes it very difficult but yeah it's 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 been, you know, when you think what we've been getting in our inboxes in the local, you know, media brands and think what the police must be getting, you know, it's just, they must be absolutely drowning in it. Nicola Adam, editor of the Lancashire Post and Blackpool Gazette, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. This episode of The Bell Tale was produced by myself, Kieran Dunbar. The sound design was by Graham Davidson. The clips you heard were from Sky, Channel 4 and the BBC.